Welcome to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where three Australians talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, episode by episode. I'm Chris. I'm Mabel. And I'm Megan. And this week on the Buffy podcast, we are watching season one, episode eight of Angel. Thank you. I will remember you. And we are watching it and recording it and releasing it on the Buffy podcast because it's a crossover. Big old crossover. Big yeah. old Big crossover. This is like the crossover episode. episode. Like, this is like... I mean, this is a pretty big one. This is the one. This is. I this mean, is like, Angel becomes human, guys. It's huge. So, so I've Angel said before that I recorded this episode because I couldn't watch it at the time, and then I watched it. And I yeah. said to you that right. I wrote on it, uh, right. do not record <laughs> over this until <laughs> Buffy ends. But what I actually wrote was, do not record over this until Buffy and Angel get back together. That is what I wrote on the tape. <laughs> I was like, I need to watch this episode over and over and over again until Buffy and Angel can finally be together. <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I feel like I haven't watched this episode as much as others. Kind of because I've been like, I think I avoided it for many years because I found it really hard to watch. Yeah. Because. Because it's heartbreaking. They just give it to you and take it away, you know? And I just... (laughs) And, you know, it is the classic, you know, and then they woke up from the dream trope, but I'm not even mad about it. I'm not mad Mm. about it. They do a good job of this one. Um, this is an episode of highs and lows. The highs are very high, and the lows are incredibly low. Are you talking about the oracles? Were the oracles your low? They were your low, weren't they? Let's talk about it now. I reckon, possibly, especially that first Oracle scene, one of, if not the worst scene in all of Buffy Angel history. It is so nonsensical and bad. It is so ridiculous. Look, it feels like a shitty Star Trek episode. Like... In, oh. it's hard because I feel like they're really setting up as I said to you when we were watching it that they oh we watched this episode together everybody we recorded oh, it oh yes we recorded us yeah. watching it together we yep. might release we'll it we just watched Megan cry it was great <laughs> <laughs> we did we did watch me cry yeah. um, and yeah I feel like this episode is really kind of setting up the nuts and bolts of the angel law as separate from the Buffy law you know and like the fact mm. that like there's these things called the powers that be that exist and you know spoiler a lot that's kind of going to be a running theme through Angel from now on and, and and it gets better but you're right the beginnings of the powers that be I mean their very name is fucking stupid I know the but... powers that be I hate it <laughs> and like even just just the idea that this is a thing there's like a group of people that just are in charge of all the supernatural shit and just know and can change everything and I I, I hate it I hate it like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. write stories better you know, know. like they you... could have just called them God you know, they could have they yes. <laughs> they should have just called the writer's there. room. They didn't the, the writer's, 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 writer's room. I would have liked that way more. Yeah. 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 I think at some point Cordelia uh, um, um, shortens it to PTB. I think she refers to <laughs> them as the PTB. <laughs> <laughs> Even that I like more. Even that I'm a bit bigger fan of. <laughs> Uh, so, shall we talk about it? And, and I'll just do the synopsis and then we'll, then we'll talk. Let's go. All right. Australians watching Buffy. It's Buffy the Vampire Australia. 
So it was written by David Greenwalt, Janine Ren- and Janine Renshaw. Uh, apparently, it took two people to write this episode. Um, I wonder yeah. which one wrote the Oracle scene. And it was <laughs> directed by David Grossman, who's we've heard from a bit for Angel, I think, so far. Quite a bit, yeah. Synopsis. The specials, the two-hour special event continues. After learning that Angel oh. was in Sunnydale but stayed out of sight, Buffy comes to Los Angeles to confront him about his unannounced stalking. But a bloody battle with a medieval demon leaves Angel with awesome new powers and Buffy with a chance for true happiness with her beloved. Mm. <sighs> I'm looking forward to talking this through because I just feel like mm-hmm. this episode makes me really mad and has for a long time. Um, yeah. And I'm curious how we're going to come out of this because this episode makes me really mad. Mad. It makes me really I could, mad. I really, I can't agree more. I'm pretty, I'm pretty frustrated. Um, and also incredibly confused. I'm also glad to talk about this because yeah. there's a lot of elements I don't really understand. There's a lot of yada yada, so they can focus on the really important emotional stuff, which I do appreciate. Like, if we're gonna focus on anything, I'm glad that we really got some time with all that. But there's a lot of this green guy just jumps through the fucking window. What are you talking about? Can we not <laughs> meet him? In an alleyway? Does he have to jump <laughs> no, through? No, because he's come the window of with your the home? task of killing Angel. He's come with the task. This is this is in no way in canon, but here's mm. my theory. Go. Wolfram and Hart sent him. Ah, uh, I like this. Oh yeah. Deleted that makes scene. Sense. Deleted I scene. I like this. Didn't make it in. Have yep. we? Have we had the Mora demons already somewhere Mm-mm. in Buffy Angel? No. Mm-mm. Okay. They just said, okay, they just seem familiar. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, they do. I think, because, like, <laughs> I think Cordy at one point called them, or, or no, Buffy called <laughs> the them uh, Mutant Ninja, ninja demon. demon thing. Yeah. Real, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is. What they I mean. do look like yeah. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. With little fa- Thanos Infinity Stones. In this oh, spell. my God. Can we skip to the, like, how to kill them? Yeah, so fuck it. Stupid. There's no rules today. So fucking <laughs> so stupid. It's like the Gem of Amara. Like, they're literally wearing oh. their Gem of Amara on their foreheads at all times. And it's like, here, kill me here. The big red button. It's, Press it. Press the big red the button. It's in, like, the whatever, like, manual that Doyle's reading. And he's like, oh, let me skip. Okay, to kill them, you have to kill their thousand eyes. And then angels are like, what? Why I didn't see a they thousand just, eyes. What are, they, what are you talking about? Why didn't the book just write, kill them by punching like them in the gem, gem in, in their the forehead? Their like the seriously? big red dot. Yeah, I mean, the, the bullseye target on their head. <laughs> that demonology book like is a... not helpful. Which is like surprising that they don't more often like accidentally smash their head on things, you know, yeah. like and just like yeah. like honestly, gem. if I was a Moira demon, I'd hundred percent kill myself accidentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, and like now that they know how, like. Clearly, evidenced by the fact that Angel kills him in like two seconds once yep. he knows yep. his weak point. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they're not a big deal anymore, right? They're like, they could so kill. They, if like 10 come for every one that you kill, it's fine. Just smash all their head gems. It's no problem. Even it's Mortal really Angel bad. could do this, I reckon. Even yeah. Mortal Angel could do that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's really bad. Oh my God, I'm going to have so many thoughts about Mortal <laughs> Angel when we get oh to God. it. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so Angel's winding clock. Um, and Buffy arrives. I just wanted to point out before the demon jumps through the window, yeah. Buffy gives Angel this look, and like I was like, I've literally written down, "If looks could kill," it's amazing. <laughs> God, she's good with her face. This she's got good face she acting. Is. This episode, it's just it was just so interesting seeing her 
like this. Mm. Like, I think Buffy, everything we've ever seen with Buffy was through that protagonist lens. Mm. You know, so you don't really... The protagonist can just be... It's you. So you, mm. you sort of project a lot on the protagonist. But mm. it was seeing interesting seeing her as a supporting character. And actually, I feel like I understand the character a lot better now. Just mm. seeing her through this way. Like seeing her through Angel's eyes in a way. Sure. Uh, it really, yeah. It sort of it sort of screws my head a little bit. That's uh, interesting. I, I had never um, thought about yeah. that. That's a very yeah. interesting I, idea. I do like the crossover element because you get Buffy... Mm in Angel and it's all canon but you kind of like it's separate from Buffy in a way still and you sort of you get their relationship without some of the baggage that comes from being in the Buffy TV show I mean Cordy tries to bring the baggage let's be honest I know but they all they like act it differently like all their dialogue it doesn't cut like everyone that's watching Angel they don't have like they haven't seen have anything. Angst. It's it's just, it's just carried through the dialogue, right? So mm. there's no like pre-existing scenes or baggage. Like even them referring to the ep- like the Buffy episode, mm. um, we can just forget that shitty episode happened, <laughs> and we just we just now live in the Focus angel universe, the right? We're living in the you know? now. We're living in the now. Yeah, and it's all just a little bit different. And so they can talk mm. about their relationship with a bit of like a new spin on it that you mm. get mm. like in the Angel show, mm. and you sort of. You can recolor it a little bit. That's quite interesting. It's quite quite a quite a clever thing, really, in the idea of s- sort of crossovers between shows that are within the same universe, but that actually write quite differently and, and present quite differently. You know, um, mm. and that's very true of Angel Buffy. Like they are obviously very different shows. Like Buffy is Buffy, and you know it's quite stylized. Whereas Angel is its own kind of stylized and it's completely different to Buffy and it's, you know, stories are different, the way they write is different, the scripts are, you know, different, albeit terrible. Um, but um, it's 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 just interesting that they, yeah, it's almost, well, and it is because I'm, I think in a way the Angel writers are writing for Buffy. So in a way yeah. you are seeing Buffy through a different lens, Chris. You are seeing mm. other writers write her and n- not as Buffy, write her as Angel's ex-girlfriend, you know? That's right, mm. yeah. Yeah. And even, like you were saying, Mabel, like, there's less baggage. And, like, even, like, sort of quite literally, just Willow and Xander and Giles always guilting mm. Buffy and, like, oh, mm. you shouldn't be talking about talking to Angel, rah, rah, rah. And so there's always this sort of noise around it, but this time it could sort of just be alone. And yeah, having her thing. away from all of those, you know, secondary characters. Not guilted characters. the entire time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting because in a way, like, I mean, if we look back to the previous episode with, um, with Harry, was it Harry? What was her name? Yeah, was that her name? I've forgotten now. I think it was Harry. Harry. Um, um, thingy's fiance, ex, ex- oh, wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And in a way, Buffy is kind of a version of Harry. Like in the in the way that we're interacting with her in this episode, yeah. we know more about Buffy because we watch mm. Buffy. But mm. if you're just watching Angel, in a way, Buffy is kind of now Angel's version of Harry. You know, as yeah. and that's Harry what I mean. You just get like the backstory to the dialogue, yeah. and you kind of just imagine whatever the happened, happened. You fill in the blanks you know? yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the demon jumps through the window. Cordy and Thingy have already left at this point. But well, before... they deliberately avoid the fight. <laughs> I mean, thinking that it's just Buffy and Angel fighting. Before so they go, Cordy says something about Buffy looking Bulgarian in that outfit. Oh, yeah. What yeah. the fuck does that mean? I know. I saw you make a face. I also <laughs> have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what, is... what is that outfit? 
outfit Bulgarian? How is that outfit and Bulgarian? Also, her, I'm trying, like, her outfit seemed really whatever. bland. It was just yeah. like black really normal, clothes. Right? She like, just, she like just, if anything, she, she looked militant black, or right? something like that. You yeah. know, like she didn't like, look Bulgarian. What the fuck does yeah. that even mean? Honestly, I can't even honestly, exactly remake her outfit in my mind. Like, I know she was wearing a black top <laughs> slash dress. I don't know. I feel like they're really struggling to find Cordy's character in Angel. You know, she was so, she had like, she she was funny on Buffy. She was occasionally mean, but in a kind of whip smart way. And they're just really struggling to find her voice on Angel. Yeah. Well, in Buffy, really she was the, in Buffy, she was like the it girl at high school. But mm. now you've taken the high school away and mm. she has no friends. She's not mm. the it girl. So she's sort of just floating. Yeah, uh, and she's not really a girl anymore. She's, well, yeah, they keep know. trying to give her Never. like personal character develop, personal growth and character development, but then they keep trying to take it away again I and know. like put her back in the box. Like it's I know. yeah, yeah. It's just it's not it, they're just not writing her well. They really aren't. No, I will say I, I enjoyed how Buffy and Cordy just picked up right where they yeah. left off. Like they, yeah. their relationship was maintained. That yeah, was yeah. I was, yeah, that was, I was gonna say it was kind of. It would, it, the Buffy Cordelia interactions I thought were great and almost mm. highlighted what we just spoke about in that they haven't really done a great job of giving Cordy a character and a voice mm. because yep. she doesn't have those kinds of interactions in with Angel. anybody. Yeah, like mm. they just give her her lines yeah. and no one really interacts Spars with, with her. her properly. Mm. You know, it's yeah, yeah. right. That's that's what's missing and, for her. And yeah. I, it really stood out when Buffy just had, like, when, when Cordy was like, did you ever think about how this affects me? And Buffy was like, regrettably, no. And just, like, that little that one, little two, yeah, yeah. really pointed out how we never get that with Cordy and Angel. Yeah. 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 It stood yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, she's, Before she's we go too far from this go. scene, yeah. the idea is that Buffy's just rocked up because mm. last night, because yeah. it's daytime, yeah. it was, like, very well lit, so it was daytime then. Very well last lit. Night, so much sunshine. Mm-hmm. They just had that big fight sure and then they had that big dinner afterwards yep Xander let slip day after Thanksgiving yep and the next morning she's in the car driving up to LA I mean it's a few hours yeah I just feel like a couple days have passed Hmm. you know is is Angel already home fixing up his desk and stuff I just feel like more time has passed than a couple hours well so he got back yesterday no um no, he's been back in LA for three days since assisting Buffy. That's what this says. Yeah, because Cordy's talking about isn't no. Buffy no, but, says but, but, last but night. Doyle says no. Doyle's Cordy says when did he get back, and Doyle says last night. All oh, right. Oh, so he was gone for three days. Is that what she oh, said? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was gone for three days, and he got back last night. That I mean, it says Wiki Wiki says he's been back in LA for three days since assisting Buffy. But I think. That would make more sense. That would make more sense to me. It does feel like a couple of days have passed. I agree. But it could be that he stayed in Sunnydale for another day or he took his time coming back or he didn't go immediately back to the office. Maybe he took his own time, you know, maybe he took some special angel time before he came back to the office. (laughs) It's very important, his special Mm, angel time. Special angel time. So, just quickly, when the demon jumped through the window, I remembered that I started, I teased... A conversation last episode on Buffy that I wanted to explore further in this episode the vision theory okay so this idea that I started the previous angel episode or a couple of angel episodes ago where it was like there's got to be more to these visions right like 
this idea that you show a random girl in a bar getting attacked and you've got to go and save that random girl or a random guy and it's like that's fucking it just this random person has been picked out of a lineup of people who are being attacked that night and that is the person that angel's going to save tonight right weird yeah. totally weird similarly mm-hmm. seemed in- extremely stupid that angel was supposed to go back to sunnydale to help buffy with the same kind of fucking demon she fights every fucking week but for some yep. reason doyle got a vision that sent yeah. angel back right so here's my theory. Continuing this idea that there's more to the- these visions than meets the eye. There's more to each person that's being saved than meets the eye. The point to him going back to Sunnydale was for him to then come back to to LA and have Buffy follow so that then she was there for this whole Moira demon thing. But then this whole Moira demon thing didn't actually happen, right? Yeah. Well, it- well, it did I mean, though for Angel. <laughs> it did for Angel, and it's important for his character growth that he had this moment, this whole moment. It's gonna. It, it feels important for him. Yeah. And he's met the oracles. He understands the powers that be a little more. Like okay. it's kind of progressed him on his all journey. All right. Okay. That makes. Okay. You know. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying that each piece of the visions. I'm not saying that we get to see it all. I'm saying it's all happening elsewhere. But that these visions are piecing together the story of lots of different lives and and not necessarily about saving that person today, but saving that person for something that person is going to do 10 years from now. You know, like this has set Angel on his path a little bit more, you know, like that. that's what the vision of him to go back to Sunnydale was all about. That's all I'm saying. So there's no... Th- this theory would be disproven mm. if there are any inconsequential visions. But right. I'm saying there's no inconsequential visions. She's saying we would never know. We'll never know. If they are, like, oh, we will okay. never know their consequences. Okay. We That's just, what I'm saying. Right. Like, because the dude that he had to go and save in a bar two episodes ago, 10 years from now, is going to cure cancer. Yeah, but, Look, <laughs> as, who knows? You know? As, who knows? We've, seen, as we've seen throughout history, humankind loves to find things to believe in to make sense of the world. I, I, okay? I think we might be there. And I have no problem with Megan coming up with something that helps her sleep at night. I'm super I'm super pumped to hear Maybe. our fans' thoughts on this yeah. theory. Because I've convinced. never read about it before. And yeah. I think it's I think there's something to this. I really do. Maybe the visions are there to protect people that go on to appear on the Wheel of Fortune, and that just we just don't see that. Right? Don't the see game it. show, the Wheel of Fortune, yeah, they, the we, that just goes and happens be, off screen. The powers that be fucking love Wheel of Fortune, and they've seen they into the future. The like you know, I mean, the oracles have just said time is just like back. Like they can see forward and backwards. They are like across time. They love time. Yes. So they know what's coming, and they're like, I'm just going to move this chess piece just this little bit, just so that that maneuver can happen. That's all I'm saying. That's what the visions are. That's all I'm saying. So, interesting yeah. thing here. Uh, the Moira demon has glowy blood. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be that every demon that has some kind of power to imbue on mm-hmm. one of our characters has glowy blood. The demon that gave Buffy the 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 telekinesis powers, not telekinesis, oh, yeah. but you know what I mean, the ability to hear people's thoughts, <clears throat> that was glowy blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as you see the glowy blood, you're you like, don't get that something's... shit on you, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's obvious. So, spoiler alert, Chris, watch out thinking. for the glowy blood. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think yeah. he'd figure that out. <laughs> I've been slowly noticing this one as well. But yeah, but I, know, I think... Is this going to be happening again, do we think? Is there more glowing blood to watch out oh, for? Oh, I don't know. Okay, 
yeah. So watching this episode, so as soon as it, like it sort of clicks, you do. <laughs> so glowy blood, uh, you you it gets mixed in Angel's blood. He turns human. makes him feel weird, and then and we've human. also established there's heaps of more demons. You know, you kill one, ten more come to take his place. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, um, see, I wasn't nece- I wasn't thinking he was necessarily talking about more demons, but just more soldiers of darkness. Potentially. Yeah. Anyway, oh, so maybe well. Watching it, I was like, well, let's say we don't kill Mora Demons. Mm. We chain, like, send one to the Sunnydale Initiative army boys, you know, uh, like, uh, put, it, put it in a cage. Um, hello, Vampire Cure. Is, is no one realizing that we just discovered a Vampire Cure today? Whoa. <laughs> like, what? Whoa. You're so right. You are so right. <laughs> like, what, what the fuck? We just, just cured vampirism and we just let it go. Just a blood donation, you know, once every three weeks, you can cure vampires. I mean, Buffy uh, should I be don't... pursuing... I mean, Angel should be just telling find her about this demon. at the end so that she can pursue the Mora demons and, like, get all their blood and, like, literally coat all of her stakes and shit. She can just... Yeah. yeah. She can just, like, all she has to do then is scrape a you vampire. I mean? She doesn't even have to yeah. get him in the heart. It wouldn't even be a steak anymore. It'd be a paintbrush. Just like just a big yeah, paintbrush. She, well, no, because it has to mix with you their blood. But if she uses a sword, a any kind, all of her weapons basically yes, get coated in more yeah. demon. She's fucking curing vampirism. Holy paper cuts. Jesus paper cuts Christ! I know. Like they can just cure everybody that gets bitten by a vampire. Well, that's they're why they never mentioned busy. this again. <laughs> yeah, they're too busy worrying about their own thing. <laughs> I hope so they explored that in the comics. Holy shit! That shit's cray cray. So anyway, they go to the sewers after Buffy changes into her white jumper um, to go hunting. And they have a little confessional moment after Angel says he feels weird and Buffy confesses what she's feeling. He's so fucking harsh about it, you know? Like, uh, no, I was talking about the demon blood, Buffy. Oh, sure, don't worry. I also feel weird about us. Don't don't feel embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Also, Angel is like... Angel is such an annoying, broody martyr sometimes, right? Because it's this so whole conversation, I mean, like, Buffy keeps saying things, like, she's like, oh, I have a life, you know? Like, I'm finally getting things going without, and he's like, without me? Yeah, that's what I want. But, like, he's not saying the things that make it easier. Like, he's trying to point out that he sacrificed their whole, like, he's he just is very annoying, everything he says. He's yeah. just trying to it is. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a good scene. This is a really good scene. And I, I think I said it out loud while watching it. It's just very cathartic that they're just unpacking everything and talking about how they feel and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, a lot very angsty. Very, I mean, also like angsty. maybe cathartic for you, but again, like we, I mean, we, this is going to come out as we talk about this episode. But like, I'm watching it knowing that Angel's about to become human, knowing mm. that Angel and Buffy are going to have this whole day of perfect relationships and then knowing that angel's gonna decide no and i'm already sensing that megan and i think have different opinions about whether this was a great decision or not i don't know but um by him sorry by him to to not tell well just to to change his mind and decide to be a vampire again i kind of don't like it Yeah, oh, I think it's pretty ridiculous. Well, it could sound it's, like it's because you were like quite, you're you're angry about this episode. You I'm super angry, yeah. mm. and I hate it. And so all this whole episode provides no catharsis for me. This provides the opposite mm. of catharsis for me. I mean, especially since let's be honest, he basically got 
mortally wounded by that Mora demon after he was human. He was human. an idiot for and going just, after that no, Mora no, demon. But, but he got mortally wounded by that fucking yeah. thing, right? And then he just yeah. walked away and went and saw the, the oracles without a bruise on him. Nary a yeah. bruise to be seen. So he's yeah. fine. He should just be fucking human for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I, he really didn't think through being human at all. It's literally like it's it's as she said. Whatever lie she says, but she's like, "Oh, you gave twenty four hours to try being normal Joe, and then what, decide yeah, you missed being a superhero or whatever." Superhero. Yeah. And whenever she says that line, I'm like, "Spot on, Buffy. He did yeah. miss being a superhero. He because couldn't handle yeah. being second fiddle." Giles yeah. and Xander are human, totally. You know, Buffy's uh, Willow's got her witch stuff, whatever. But Xander and Giles, completely, totally, one hundred percent human. They still manage to fight demons. Yeah. Sign him up for the secret Sunnydale demon fighting army. You know, yeah. he'll get some training and know how to do it as a model. Yeah. No, you're it, right. It does it's beg- purely, yeah. Sorry, go, Chris. It does beg this question. Is Angel even that good at fighting anyway? I mean, he never has been, like, let's be honest. I mean, he's he supposed to be. Is, he's helpful, but he's not fucking amazing. He's not, like, protecting Buffy all the time. Like, no. he, you know, know, he helps out. He's, a, he's part of the team, but... He's not. He's not good enough to sacrifice all this. You're not. Know. You're not Superman. Dude. I do think some of it almost comes across as arrogance, but yes. it's not because I think. I think it's like he's supposed to be as good as he's saying he is, right? Like he's supposed to be this pivotal warrior that the powers that be need to save the world or whatever. And like that's that's it's supposed to be a fact that he's. Involved. I don't think his power is just in his ability to fight. No. I think no. that Angel's power lies in exactly what that female oracle says. His power lies in his ability to love, actually. <laughs> Sorry. I heard it as soon as it was out. <laughs> but let me explain. This, I mean... This... <laughs> you Huey Lewis in the news? I've been talking the power of love. What are you talking... What's a... I mean, this episode is like Gemma Vimara part two, right? Angel being like, oh, I can't help people if I can go out during the day. I have to only help people as a vampire yeah. that's out at night. The same as yeah. that he's like, like you even admitting that it's not just his fighting is more to my point that he can still be important, help Buffy, fight good causes as a mortal. And I don't. But it's the same argument as his Gem of a well, yeah. argument, really, in a way. He needs to be the brooding vampire in order to see the parts of the world that nobody else sees and to save those and, parts of the world. And for his, like, redemption, I suppose, was the other part of the Gem of Amara argument. But, I, Which... and again, that's still there. Like, he still doesn't feel redeemed. In a way, he still feels like he hasn't done enough to earn this reward, I think. Which maybe would have been okay if that had come across more in this episode again, but in this episode mm. it came across like he doesn't want to not be able to fight demons. Sure. Um, as a mortal. You're right. And the reasoning he, like, isn't... Yeah well written here but I, like he I was think all that... happy to stay human forever when yeah. he's yeah. hooking up with Buffy and then as soon as he realises that he's weak against demons like that's just how it came across and it's not yeah. as good I could not agree more yeah anyway so basically I mean, we're really all over the place in this episode but pretty much you know he becomes human they go into the oracles and he finds out that it's definitely for realsies totes for sure um and <laughs> That was, in the I, was that in the script? Yeah. I was so sceptical here. I did not believe this at all. Like I, <laughs> I know. I can see from your face. You were like, what the fuck is going on? I was on? shaking my head the whole time. And yeah, when I shouted what the fuck multiple times. Because like <laughs> the whole bit, the, the logline, the elevator pitch for the show Angel yeah. is 
it's a cop show, but he's a vampire. Yeah. That's the whole bit. I know. And so if he's not a vampire, it's just a cop <laughs> I show. <know>. Like, <laughs> I can see you were like, what are they going to do from here? How the fuck are they going to have this show from now on? Like, that's the, the thoughts that I can Honestly, see going through your head. All the middle scenes where you've got, like, Angel and Buffy... It's kind of cringe to just watch them in bed covering each other in sticky ice cream and stuff, right? Like, we're just making out for a whole afternoon. Oh, fucking and we, and we kill get... me, please. <laughs> we get a lot of extended scenes of happy Angel and Buffy. And to me, it always comes... Because, like, I'm angry at how Angel's decision comes across in this episode. But I'm not angry that he With turns back into a vampire, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I'm, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it, yeah. yeah. And so I feel like all their happy, lovey-dovey scenes always come across as the writers trying to, like prove to us that this isn't actually what we want you know like as an audience like they're giving us what we think we want like we all of us have been shipping angel and Buffy yes hard. they finally give it to us and we see it's yes. not actually what we want oh yeah and absolutely you're absolutely right you're I absolutely think. right um i <laughs> love the idea of it but watching it i felt sick <laughs> Ill. but also no, like well, the sh- obviously like the show can't exist with them together no, right no, like they can't yeah. do what they need to do I have never felt about that those scenes the way I did today, um, <laughs> and I'm I I usually just love the lovey dovey stuff, and I mean I'm I am into it. I am one hundred percent along for the ride. So I don't know if that is true. I didn't this time, and that's some of my own stuff. I'm a mother. I've yeah. You know, you guys know, and I'm you know I'll share with the listeners. With the miscarriages and everything that we recently had, I am so not into sex at all right now. So anything even remotely sexual or like that, I just feel sick watching on TV because I'm just like, fuck, I just need to be away from that. Even Um, naked David Boreanaz. (laughs) Even a naked... I mean, we almost saw his butt, guys, and I couldn't even get it up for it, honestly. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was barely Um. conscious of it. Um, but but and and I and I mention all of that only to say that I don't know if that's necessarily what the writers were trying to do because to be honest with you, any other time that I've watched these scenes, I've been like fucking there for it. I've loved the ride. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I mean so much seeing them happy and sexual together because I agree. Like in the past, I've liked it more. I think it's a combination of a being older and b watching it. As a group, I feel like... Yeah, that was definitely part of it. Group, it was like you were watching it with your parents a little bit. I know, bit. it's like watching it with your parents. And so you're never so really going to get as into watching a sex scene when you're, like, sitting with, with friends. People. You know, that's exactly. Just, yeah, that's that's just like a natural thing. But 100%. I think I still... It still kind of comes across the whole episode of, like, them just... You know, whether it's them being happy together... Um, it just doesn't work for the show. Sure. And I think whether you find that scene cringy or not, it's still kind of... It feels like they giving it to us to show that it doesn't work. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Agreed? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I personally think it's a classic case of making you just like they always do with, you know, like they did with, you know, remember when the affair with Xander was revealed and prior to that they had the cutest scene with Oz and Willow where they were just like aren't they just amazing and you just Mm. love them. I feel like it was more about bringing it, making it as wonderful and sweet and loved up as possible so that it really brought the pain at the end of the episode. I mean you knew that they couldn't end up together though. I didn't. When I watched it the first (laughs) time 
I didn't. I thought the they were going to make it work. End. I didn't know the how. The show would just I end. I didn't. Tell that to Megan writing on videotapes with the Sharpie. and Angel newlyweds or something, you know? It would be like a terrible, you know, Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey parody. 15-year-old Megan believed. No. <laughs> What about like like eight year old Mabel was skeptical? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, did... I just love that image. <laughs> eight year old Mabel was going. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> so. And Mabel's very skeptical been, in everyday Always life. been more skeptical than me. Oh my god, I I kind of really wish we were friends in high school, Mabel. I really do because I feel like you would have helped bring a perspective for me that I needed, and maybe I would have given you something that that would have helped you too. <laughs> Um, I did enjoy the jump cut from AM Cordy and Doyle upstairs, and Doyle and Cordy bringing them up to bringing him up to speed on their love and being all like, "They've been down there for two hours doing it. What are they just having tea and crackers?" And cut to them literally having tea and crackers. Quite enjoyed that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which again was just, I mean. I don't know. Them, it was a funny scene, but as if they wouldn't just skip straight to the sex. Like, I just, it was like a funny they had a scene. Yeah. Were they working through anything? Like, literally, Buffy, like, what is his plan? Like, what is he waiting for? He, he already went to confirm it, and he's like, you know, I'll stay close, but not too close, and we'll, we'll figure it out. And, and, and it's, it's like, it's like they've never had to actually consider an, a proper relationship between the two of them. Because he's I mean, even talking true, about, yeah. like, what? Like, I'm going to go to follow you to Sunnydale. I'll distract you in school, you know? Like, as though he never distracted her in high school. Like, these yeah. are all just really basic, like, time management <laughs> elements. I like, I don't know. I mean, I think but that for out. me, it's always been that why I'm always Team Bangel, right, is because Angel always puts Buffy first, right? I mean, he's always thinking about the impact he will have on Buffy. And Even that's, when she doesn't want him to. I know, mm-hmm. I know, but I, I yeah. just think that his, he's so, you know... He, that's he's so self self sacrificing of her, and I mean it's anno- it can be annoying. And I mean I've definitely dated guys where I've been like, oh my god, fucking stop it! I'm you're not that nice. I don't want you to be that nice. Um, but equally, I love in Angel that he he's just mature. I mean, you know, apart from the fact that he was fucking a fifteen year old when he was like whatever age, um, hey. he's, he's seemed more mature in this relationship than what we've seen, Mabel. You know, of some of her other lovers yeah. in the future. And for me, he is, he's just, you know, the fact that he goes there because he doesn't want, because because the real line, the real thing, it's, for me, it's not that he can't fight. The real line that makes his decision for him is when the Mora says, together you could fight, but alone you will die. Right? And so in his mind, if she's alone fighting the good fight without him, you know, him on his LA front and her on her Sunnydale front, then at some point in the future, that's going to mean she dies. And he just can't, he can't bear it. He can't bear to be the reason that she dies. That's, but I, they're already apart. Like she's isn't already that what fighting they're doing alone in Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah, she is. But I mean, 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I can't talk about this without some spoilers. So maybe it's oh, yeah. just about yeah. some of the stuff that I know of the future where he's kind of, it's battlefronts. You know, he's on one battlefront, she's on another battlefront, and he's. I think you're being coloured by what you know is to come. I think yeah. based on the information that he has and what's being said, like I just don't think there's enough here. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm coloured. I'm coloured. I am. It's true. <laughs> Can we really quickly talk about? Um... Just, just put some time aside for Davis, David Boreanaz just eating. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Real, real it, yeah. Brad, Brad Pitt energy. It's um, quite yes. Brad Pitt energy. Yes. Just love this. True. Good. This is a great little scene. Yeah. Which is, again, I mean, I'll say it every time because so far in Angel, the TV show, there's, there's not a lot to love. I mean, let's just put that yeah. out there. But sure. um, yeah. fun Angel eating. David Boreanaz is Always still just time. like what I came here for. You Absolutely. Know? It really, really is. Yeah. So like... Less I think that, I'm sure that's what Bones is. Start yeah. to finish, it's all Bones, yes. just him fucking around yes. and you know. Yeah. Less brood, I mean, that's, that's more why I got mood. into Bones. Yeah. I got into Bones to just get yes. more fun loving Angel. Fun loving like, Angel, yes. Fun loving David Boreanaz on Bones is definitely one of my fave things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um one question. Doyle refers to well, while while Angel's eating and mm. chomping, chomping, chomping down, uh Doyle refers to him as Orson. He's like, okay, Orson. Relax. Orson is that like Orson Wells? Wells? Like how Orson, Orson Wells got of. got fatter when he was older? Oh, when he was an old man, he sort of put on some brutal. weight. Is that the, is that the joke? Oh, that sounds. We're just like, like uh, yes, at Orson yes. Wells? Doyle calls Angel Orson when Angel begins gorging on food in reference to the director with a famous midlife obesity. Wow, oh my God, that's bad. That's a really oh bad, 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 bad <laughs> joke. Fuck it out. Just like, why? Why? Uh, why? I don't know. He's been human for like two seconds. Because that's Jesus, a, it's not just dude. the awesome comments. Also, they make another couple of comments about him getting fat from Also, something. people like are allowed to have some fucking binges without being called out for like an obesity crisis. Fuck you, what, dude. What, what, he Seriously, hasn't had human food for food. like 200 years or something. And that's, like two seconds in, they're like, oh, you better watch what you eat. That is incredibly yeah. poor attitude towards food. Incredibly And I mean fucking... Orson Welles made Citizen Kane. He can he can eat what he yeah. wants. All right. Yeah. He's, all right. he's given enough. Yeah. Um, can we also talk about the fact that mm. mint should never be in ice cream? It just shouldn't. Mint is a breath freshener. Ice cream <laughs> is a dessert. Stop putting mint in ice cream and pretending it's going to be enjoyable. Honestly. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm a big mint guy. I'm, I'm one of the so biggest mint guys. Not going expecting around. such a strong stance on like mint chalk chip ice cream. <laughs> I can't. It is can such a popular it. flavor. I can't like, stand I, it. I I'm not a fan of mint. I would never get it. I, like there's always better options. I but... wouldn't. Get, like, I'm not a big fan of mint chocolate. To be honest, I'm not a big chocolate fan. I'm, I'm not a big sweets fan. Oh, see, so I'm chocolate I, all the way. It, basically, every I can't time really I get any kind of sweet. It's chocolate. But, Again, it's, Eight-year-old Mabel. Yeah, I'm not into chocolates. I'm not into chocolates in the tooth fairies. Literally, my whole so, as a kid, no, I was never into chocolate. Did you ever believe in the tooth fairies? That's a good question. No, I remember like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, for 24 hours, I believe. I remember my sister. My sister tried to leave me a, a tooth fairy note once, but it was written and like this. This is just my brain. I think I was like four or five. Um, and she'd written it in like curly writing. And I looked at it and I was like, I immediately thought, nah, 
a, a tooth fairy would have a much smaller pen than this. Wow! You were so reasonable. God, I honestly... So I, I... I might have told this story on the podcast before. I had a stand-up argument. Literally, I stood up from my seat to argue with a, a fellow student in my grade 7 class. I was 12. To tell him that, of course, Santa Claus was real. Because I know that Santa Claus is real, 12-year-old Megan, because 12. Easter oh. Bunny is real. Because I have a memory, and I still do, of sitting in my room playing cards with my sister and the blind was flapping and I looked over and the blind flapped and the windowsill was empty and I'm playing cards and I'm playing cards and then I looked over again and the blind flapped and there was Easter eggs on the windowsill. And then I looked all around the room and there were Easter eggs everywhere in my room. And Easter Bunny had come while I was literally sitting there playing cards. Obviously, that was a dream. But I remember it as a memory. And I it, it firmly entrenched in me that Easter Bunny had to be real. Therefore, ergo, Santa Claus and the Tooth, tooth Fairy also had to be real. Stand-up argument with Flawless my fellow Luke. student. Flawless. This is oh my the God. most Megan shit I've ever heard. <laughs> that is so funny. I know. I can imagine current Megan having the same argument with somebody. Yeah, hundred percent. How old were you when um, you stopped having stand-up arguments about Santa Claus? Can I tell you the honest truth? So that year, yes. my mum did kind of like literally. We were standing at the sink, and it was Christmas time, and she was like, "So you don't, you don't believe in Santa anymore, do you?" And I was like, "No, no, Ooh. I don't." And I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I didn't truly stop believing until I was 16 and I woke up when my mum came to put the stocking on the end of my bed and I literally sat in my bed and cried because I was like, it really is mum. It's really her. I thought all this time maybe she was lying and it was, and Santa was real, but it's really mum. The magic is gone. 16 guys. 16! Yeah, I've never believed in Santa either. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so lame. <laughs> I mean, oh. like, clearly they went to some effort to convince you of it as well. Do you know, like, it you was... know, you're not the only player in this game. It was always the magic. So mum would talk about, like, even even when she said that Santa wasn't real, and or she never said that Santa wasn't real. She said that Saint Nick was a thing, and that mums and dads keep the spirit of Christmas alive by representing santa right so that's how mum used to explain it to us as as, to us all as we as we and so so the idea of the magic and the spirit of christmas continued long after we stopped believing that anyone but sent but mum and dad were leaving presents under the tree so that Mm. i think was why in a a small way i kind of did almost feel like there was something magical about the way mum was doing the stocking that it landed on the end of my bed full and it wasn't until it was a complete, like, until I saw behind the curtain and saw how the magic trick worked that I was like, okay, yeah, right. There's actually really just no magic. And she made it all up, you know. <laughs> well, it sounds like she was being honest with you that, like, they do she carry was. on the spirit of. She Saint was. Nicholas, she absolutely true. was. And honestly, I still believe in the magic of Christmas. I still believe in the magic of people to make Christmas special. That's what I believe in. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so I, late. I, Let's move on. I'm, I'm such a Grinch. <laughs> this is not surprising information, Mabel. 
I love this dynamic. It's so fucking funny. Like, I believe there's something magical about Christmas lights. You know, you go and you see the lights and there's something, something special about standing there with someone you love and experiencing the beauty of someone having taken the care to put up Christmas lights. There's something magical in that to me. Always will be. I, I tend to agree. I I reckon there's less road rage on Christmas Eve. You know, people are just a bit more happier. There's just a bit more, you know, believe in a bit of good in the world, you know? What I love is that the three of us, with all of our many, many differences uh-huh. and many. our, you know, polar opposite opinions on things, yeah. mm-hmm. come together for Buffy. That's yeah. right. Like, That's right. Buffy transcends all. all. Yeah. And it kind of sounds Truly. like I'm joking, but I don't think I am I think at you all. Are. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think there's something for everyone in Buffy. I think mm-hmm. the more we've done this podcast, especially like you and me, Megan, who mm. have loved Buffy for so long and yep. watched it for so long and yet still come to it from such different oh places. Such different places. And love yeah. such different I, things about it most of the time. I mm-hmm. love it. Me too. Like mm. I just it's pretty cool. love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we finish this episode? Fuck, I'm over it. Let's, let's, let's do move it. on to this. I'm like, I'm over this episode. I'm not over us chatting. It's been great. Yeah. Um. So Angel goes off to fight the demon on his own, and which is dumb. Which and is he 100 yeah. should have woken so Buffy. He's not learning his lesson. The whole issue. This whole issue is him not communicating with Buffy, and he did it again. He's not learning. I know. He's never learned. The one, like the one thing I kind of put in his favor is like literally the last thing she said is how happy she was to finally feel like a normal girl. Yes. And so I get, like, just coming off that statement, mm. he's like, I don't want to wake her. She's fi- like, sure. she's having a moment. But he's um, human. Did he seriously think he could fight like, this thing on his own? He could barely fight it when he was a vampire. It's not enough to excuse his stupid decision. Stupid. Like, what was he going to do? He's so weak. And he's mm. been human for, like, two seconds. Like, mm-hmm. he hasn't even, like, acclimatised. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. Also... So he looks a little beat up, right? He's got a little blood in the corner of his mouth. Yeah. They fall through a he fucking... Could, he, should, he could be dead already. He was either... Yeah. At best, he was knocked unconscious by that fall. But at worst, he was fucking dead. He should be dead. All those hits. The Mora Demon is supposed to be bigger and stronger now than when he first, like, stabbed him, right? He's supposed yeah. to have, like, re- regenerated, bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. He could already... Like, the amount of internal bleeding a normal, mortal human man would have from those blows, mm-hmm. he, like, he could have walked away and then died very soon after. And yeah. yet he walked away without even a fucking limp. Not even a bruise. I think the most traumatic part of that fight was him looking at those dead guys. Oh, yes. yes. What is with that? Well, because I don't he's know if I agree now. with his new reaction. But I like, think I, I don't think he would have it forever. So many people. Yeah, yeah, but I don't but, think he would have it forever. It's the, fa- it, the the point is that he's no longer a vampire, so you know he can sm- like he smells it in a different way. He experiences it in a different way. I don't think he would experience it like that forever. It's just that it's the first time mm-hmm. he's experienced it since not being a vampire, and it's so intense, you know, for the first time. I mean, having said that, I've never had to be around a non embalmed dead body. Um, mm. So I don't know what that would be like. I do know that I will never forget the image of my nana in her open casket and it has scarred me for life. So I get a little bit this idea that seeing bodies that are dead from someone just having attacked them, you as a human would really struggle with that, especially if you don't see it every day. Buffy sees it every day, you know, as a human. Well, Angel kind of... So does Angel. Angel has never seen it as a human. 
Well, I mean, I think when he was a human, he probably saw some shit in his time. Good point. But I think there's sort of like two elements, right? You've got the sort of um, the sort of like mental, emotional aspect of seeing a dead body, yep. and then you've got a sort of like physical aspect of like the smell and yes. like the actual look of it and everything. Um, the mental, emotional aspect, I just feel like Angel, human or not, should have been desensitized to dead bodies by now. From a purely like exposure point of view, whether Surely. he's human or vampire, he has been around a lot of dead bodies in all sorts of different scenarios when he was human and a vampire, and been the one killing them. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, know. in some That's ways, isn't that the point that he sees these dead bodies and has this physical reaction, and also like understands death in a really truly mortal way um, since becoming a vampire, and and has the memories of all the people that he's killed rushing in at that time. I think the I think the amount of time he's had to come to terms with having a soul probably had more to do with that than him being mortal sure. now. You know, look, I'm okay with it. It was kind of the point was to kind of show that he's having that he's weaker as a human in terms of the job that he portrays. Yeah. And, the physicality, you know. I just think any smell or whatever, in theory, would be less potent because vampires can smell blood from like. Yeah, but they far. like the smell. He loved the smell yeah, of blood. Yeah, but like as a vampire. Yeah. It just felt like it was something that was going to be important later, and I feel like this is never going to be mentioned again at all yeah. in any way. Okay. Right? I mean, no. It, yeah. But I don't know why it felt like it was going to be important later. It, to me, it was well, just it like a... Be, it was such it? a moment. Why? It was such a moment, and it was weird. It was... I, yeah, I mean, to me, it was just meant to really portray just how different it is for him to experience the world as a human than it is to experience it as a vampire. That all played into his decision-making with I guess Oracle, so. It did, it did do that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I know that you feel differently about the, the Oracle decision-making process. So, um, I did really enjoy, and I mean, when I say enjoy because of how fucking bad it was, uh, Angel throwing salt into the demon's eyes and him oh being all God. like, my eyes! He didn't say my eyes, but he was like, my eyes! <laughs> Seriously, I, I he likes this. salt! I mean, what the fuck? He's supposed Where... to be wanting salt. He liked salt. it, right? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't Maybe get, he had yeah, an I orgasm. Maybe that's why he was distracted. to live. He needs salt. Yeah. Um, it, oh, can we it felt like pouring in? water on the Wicked Witch of the West is the vibe I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough. It was... Yeah. He, I mean, he was out of options. Yeah. Um, we, we obviously need to pause and appreciate the, um, the like, mm. wrestling move that the demon pulled on Buffy when he, like... <laughs> yes. Snapped her over his knee. Yes, that looked really fucking painful. Oh my yeah. god! Every time that gets me. Yeah. 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 So Buffy saves the day because oh yeah, that's right. Doyle did some research on the thousand eyes thing, and then Angel's like, oh, I can see that it's the gem on your forehead. Angel, yeah, Buffy, so, hit the gem, hit the gem. Uh, so she smashes the gem and he explodes, etc., etc. Bloody blah, and then um. Cut to immediately, Angel returns to the oracles. Like, he didn't even yeah. get patched up. Like, I don't know whether there was a scene that they cut out at that point, but, like, fuck, honestly. It is now a it. consistent pattern that he does not consult with Buffy about anything to do with their relationship. It is very yes. true. You're quite right. I should be more mad about it. Um, uh, I'm not, but I should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. Uh. Um, also, though, like, he, he just, he fucking fell through a floor. He should be in a hospital. 
and he's fine. He's walking around like everything's fine. Like if this is what he's like when he's fighting as a human, he should just stuff fucking stay did human. Did he need Doyle to go see them again, or did he do the like the like flaming? I think he probably thing. could do it on his own by then. Yeah. I so, like that Doyle had one of those like um. The, the like long kitchen light of fluid, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I, I just like match fluid. or something, yeah, yeah. Um, so Angel brought a vase yeah. from the Qing Dynasty, circa eighteen whatever. New mm. theory: the way that Angel makes money, he's collected oh. a bunch of shit through his life as a vampire, Ooh. and he just pawns something every time he needs money. Love it, love it, Thanks. love it, love it. Fucking love it, hell, I am just like filling in every fucking gap that these writers left. Completely. That's your best one yet. I really Thank like you. that one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then my last line is he's not even bruised. That's it. That's all my notes. I got nothing. I got nothing for the end. I can't because I was busy just watching it and crying. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have nothing for the end? I mean. Because they do. Oh, wait. Cause. Oh, Cause. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot there is about only it. one other character that is not a major character. I, totally, uh, I thought she was maybe going to do the vase. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. I totally forgot. I was so distracted this episode. Let's go back just a, just just two seconds. And the, oh, well, the I woman. guess there are the two. There's a few people, isn't there? Actually, there's a green the guy. There's the mask, and then there's oh, the yeah. two uh, oracle people. Yeah. That's it. That's the entire class. There's, and let me tell you, the Moira green demons, people and silver people. The Moira demons are stunt performers. Yeah. So they have nothing. Oh, nothing. Okay, wow. Not really. I mean, yeah, not really. But okay. um, although, look, it's an interesting thing, but they—they they, you don't really see them in the background. Stunt coordinators are amazing and they do an amazing job. It's just not Hell that yeah. interesting because you never see them. So I'm not sure that there's a lot to say about them. Yeah. So let's go back and as she catches the vase... Let's mm. name this week's mm. Name That Minor Character! <laughs> it's because I didn't write it down. I didn't write it into my notes, and that's why that's I forgot. It's um, it bigger, bigger fish to fry. Boise's. It was slim pickings. So, oh yeah, that's right. No, I was going to do the other guy, because literally she has the four acting credits. Really? This is the minorest minor character we've ever named. Yeah, I know. I feel I like she was deserved right. to be more. I think she's done a lot of theatre. So yeah. she's done um, Pride and Prejudice at the, at the Northlight Theatre in Chicago, Illinois. Cool. Um, and she has a degree in theatre from Carnegie Mellon University yeah. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I would say that she wasn't super enjoying her time as a as a um, as a film and TV actress and decided to devote Fair her life fair. to theatre because she she should be in theatre, frankly. And I don't mean that in the way that we said it about um, fucking Veruca Salt. I mean, genuinely, that she has this commanding presence, which would yeah. just really work on stage. Um, so, yeah. yeah look, that she's... whole Oracle set would have really worked in a theatre set. Totally, totally. Yeah. So, look, so she has been in... Um, so, she was in Angel, obviously, and then she was in a movie called The Secret in 2001, um, which doesn't even have a... Like okay, film that's, that's not like the self-help book, right? I don't believe so. I don't. Well, maybe no there's a, a making of the self-help book. And then <laughs> she was in two shorts, um, "Cops on the Edge" oh. and then "Singular Singularity Stories" Volume One in 2019. That's her last acting credit. And so, like, she did. Okay. She did Angel, 
and then she did um, immediately following she did Cops on the Edge then the year after that she did The Secret and then like 18 years later she did Singularity Stories Volume 1 wait what year was that? 2019 okay so like 3 years ago 4 years ago she did that interesting yeah what's her name? Uh, oh yeah I forgot to say her name it is Carrie Cannon. I'm all over the place today. Carrie Cannon. Carrie Cannon. Great name. Yeah, Female Carrie Cannon. Carrie best Cannon. names we've had yet. Great name. I, I feel like we're missing something here. There's more to this story. I know. All right, so The Secret is a Ukrainian film. Each member of the Dobrovich family, American Americans of Ukrainian origin, is the guardian of a secret. To live in a state of secrecy 24 hours a day is driving them out of their minds. This sounds really cool. The matriarch, a widow, conceals the obscure death of a obscure story of a death from her children. She believes that desertion by her own family is predestined. Wow. The oldest daughter, Katya, played by Carrie Cannon, is we mm. weary of playing the part of a good Ukrainian little girl, has quit her job in the Ukrainian company and ended her romance with her Ukrainian boyfriend. It's a lot of Ukrainian stuff. She does not know, however, what to do with her freedom and is under the impression she has set herself a trap. Wow. Intriguing. What is your story, Carrie Cannon? Tell us more. Yeah. Tell us more about you. It's got to be that she's doing theatre, I feel like. Maybe be, she just right? decided to have a completely different life. Maybe she got rich and, you know, spends her days, you know, reminiscing about that time she was on the really weird set of Angel where it just looked <laughs> super wrong. Yeah. At this one, I've got more questions than answers out of yeah. this one. I'm... Look, to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I forgot because it was a very underwhelming <laughs> character. And not because Truly. of Carrie Cannon. Carrie Cannon no, was no. a brilliant no. actress. Respect for Carrie Cannon. But it was just a really, really underwhelming choice. And Randall didn't have much more going on for him, the male one. I love that his we name can was all, We can all rest easy with knowing, knowing that the powers that be know why all this happened. Uh, so then, yeah, Angel begs the Oracle to turn back time. Well, he begs the Oracle to fix what has been broken, and their solution is to turn back a day so that he can kill the Moira and uh, have the memories of this day and no one else. And, and the he thing comes that... back and tells Buffy, and she's yeah. got two minutes to come to terms with it. <laughs> <laughs> Very dramatic technique, but uh, yeah. Look, it worked. It worked from a drama point of view, and I thought it, it did. It did. As we saw, I bawled my eyes out. I do it every time. Yeah, I, I probably mean, should sad, not like it. Sad Sarah Jessica Parker as Buffy is very sad. Sarah like Jessica she... Parker. When did she join Sorry. the cast? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller. I always do that with the triple name Sarahs. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, she's sad. She's sad. It's, it's sad. sad. It's sad. And then, and then when he goes back to me for hours, she's so cold again, you know? She yeah. has that sort of cold. To be honest, I've never really cried for Buffy, though. It's always Angel that I cry well, for. Well, because she doesn't know. Like, it doesn't I even know. happen to her. It's mm. devastating. I just think he's so... I, I... There's a lot wrong with it. I get everything you're saying, Mabel, but I can't fight the feeling that he's really selfless uh, in this uh. moment for me. And, it, it, and he just takes on so much. And for me, that's always what makes me cry, is just this, the, that he is going to remember everything and she is going to forget. That is what's brutally sad about this scene. Yeah. I get I get it. I'm the only yeah. one. God, I'm the only one. I wonder if our followers feel the same way you guys do or if I'm... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, again, it's like part of this rewatch and like becoming older, I don't know, like I still, like I hold Buffy and Angel in a certain 
place because mm. they just are like what they have is is true love just like by de- like just in that's what it is even though we never really they never really have it like we talked about this how mm. even in Buffy we never really get to the point where they have it but we just know that that's what they have yeah we know that A that's what they love. lose yeah, yeah. and I kind of just I I just like accept that that is this great truth that they have this this great massive love that they are forever deprived of but when it comes to the actual scenes when they do these things out of their great love like it's just not it just doesn't line up with what I think real relationships are like, you know? Yeah. I just feel like Angel has never really had to be there for Buffy as a consistent partner, aside from yep. making these really big sacrifices that I think he almost is more comfortable making than being with her, you know? He's, like, wow. more comfortable That's being off. the martyr and taking it upon himself to be apart from her than he is to try and make it work with her. Absolutely. Mm. But and that's and that's just the line you draw with like these big fantastic TV romances and real life love. You know? Yeah. Like there's no way the two things can coexist. And you just have to like put them in these separate boxes to appreciate them. You do? It's true. It's true. So anyway, she says, I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I'll never forget. And they cut back to the scene before. And the thing that gets me in this, and it's very, this, there's, there is some really shit writing in this episode, but this particular moment where they, in the first scene of the episode, um, Angel finishes her sentence where she says, um, I just want to, and he says, forget. And then, and then we see the scene again. And this time he has all the knowledge of the last 24 hours and her last words being to him, I'll never forget, I'll never forget. And she says, I just want to, and he says, forget. And it's brutal. That is brutal writing. I'm, I thought that was good. Yeah. That was no, good. there's I, some great moments here. I really like it, but I, I'm just like cursed because <laughs> <laughs> every time I watch it, I get taken out of it for like a second because my brain my brain hears him say the same line from the first version of the day yeah. and I'm like ooh time loop and then I kind of spend this like split second in my brain working out that it's not a time loop and then I kind of miss the opportunity to appreciate the moment <laughs> and it happens every single time <laughs> oh. oh my god that's so funny yeah I mean, I like it because I feel like David Boreanaz does a great job of of making those two forgets subtly different. And the second one mm. is so heavy, but in a way that Buffy would have no kind of feeling of of, of that that was out of place for him to mm. say it the way he said it. Like it's been, it's well, it's well done. It's well done. Anyway, the more it busts through the window, Angel kills it immediately because they're so fucking easy to kill. Yep. <sighs> and Angel walks away, and he looks down at the damaged cloth clock, and when he turns back, she's gone. That's possibly it. to visit her dad or possibly. she was never going to visit him anyway. I mean, that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon she was never going to visit her dad. Yeah. And it is Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Drop in, say hi. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Death Count this episode, one more a demon and then destroyed by Buffy in the original timeline. Then the mm-hmm. two unidentified guys that were killed by the Mora demon uh, mm-hmm. and then the Mora demon destroyed by Angel in the relived timeline. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I still like I. 
I still struggle to rewatch this episode. Like I just don't, yeah. it just makes me too mad and I don't come back to it very much it's because I just I don't get out of it what I used to. I think I used to come to it much more from your angle Megan where I was just mm. I was just into the Buffy Angel love and I watched this and mm. I and I just like I was in it and now I'm I'm not in it anymore. I'm going to be really interested to watch this episode again at some point, mm. knowing, like, having your thoughts now, Mabel, because I think it might <laughs> it might colour, and not in a bad way. I think it's good to, yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Chris, what is your favourite quote? I've really struggled with this one. Yeah. I, there is a few, I usually go for the funny ones, and yep. there are a few funny ones, but this one I'm actually going to go for a heartfelt one. The um the line that really did it for me was sad, Buffy, at the very end, looking up into Angel's eyes and saying, I felt your heartbeat. Oh. That was a really beautiful quote. Oh. You're one of us now, Chris. I felt your heartbeat. You know, that, just, that, that really had some power to it, you know, because it's a... It's a, yeah, it's a pretty over-the-top show sometimes with vampires and stuff. But actually, you know, it, 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 if he is a vampire with a heartbeat, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, and Not it's like the first time in their relationship that she felt his heartbeat. and Yeah. yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah, mm. I love that. Mabel, hit us with your funny quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not going with a funny one. Oh, <laughs> wow. I am... I, I, I already said this line earlier, but I yep. think it, just given my rage for the content of this episode, this line, as I already said, stands out to me. Mm. And it's just when Buffy says, so what? You just took a whole 24 hours to weigh the ups and downs of being a regular Joe and decided it was more fun being a superhero? Uh, yeah, cuttingly it true. It kind of just says everything. Yeah, it does. I feel about it. Yeah. Cool. God, that's a funny one, <laughs> Megan. I don't, I don't, I, I really don't have a quote. Like I forgot, maybe I just forgot to write one, but I really didn't have a moment that stood out to me this episode. Like it's um, quite a weird. I, know, I feel like Titanic all the lines, Oh yeah, there are a few lines that yeah you could like they came across like they were trying to do their normal funny yeah. lines and they didn't hit like they mm. were supposed to. Yeah. Uh, you have so much to learn, little Irish man. <laughs> I do. That is funny. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just going to go with... God. I think I'm going to go with... Actually, this one did make me laugh at the time, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. So it's Buffy, and she says, Oh, boy, I was really jonesing for another heartbreaking sewer oh, yeah. talk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite quote. Ish. That's good. Nice. Chris, what won the episode? Three letters. And this is a first for me. Uh, SMG. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I thought she yeah. was stellar in this. I thought Amazing. it was so, so good. And yes. just like so emotional and just... Yeah, she just like... It was a real roller coaster of emotions. She really brought it. And I mm. think she really was the anchor for this entire episode. Amazing. Yeah, Maybe fantastic. this is why we love Buffy Mabel, because of this episode. Maybe we didn't even know it. Who's to say? <laughs> Mabel's like, no. No, was, <laughs> no this is not why. Eight-year-old Mabel had it all sorted out. <laughs> what one um, for you, Mabel? Oh. oh, good good question. Um, Look, as, as I've already said, like, there's a lot that enrages me about this episode. But I think what also really stands out to me is that 
I don't know, I guess like some some small, unjaded, romantic part that still lives inside of me still like feels the Buffy Angel thing in this episode. And it's the first moment when he meets her in the sun and goes and kisses her. Oh, for yeah. the first time as a human. Yeah. Um, not even my cold, dead heart can um, withstand that emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I mean, look, I, it's, it's the last, it's the last scene, like the. I've, uh, this I'm all I always remember whenever I think about Buffy and Angel the shows, the scene where they're standing there and Angel says it's happening now basically, and she looks at the clock and she's like it's not enough time and you know and I and I think it just like tugs at something very, you know, deep that sort of it it speaks to something broader where it's like that you know in life when you find something lovely and wonderful it's you never get enough time with it you know um life always moves on um and and i think that's just a moment that always stands out to me as a memory for buffy and angel just this idea that you know it's not enough time they don't have enough time together until and you know she's like i'll never forget i'll never forget and then she forgets and it's just it's sad for me every time breaks my heart every time Mm. can't help it yep yep fair enough Oh, what a nap! Oh, actually, speaking of, um, so this this episode we're releasing on the main Buffy feed. Yes, we do with all our Buffy episodes, but we are doing all Angel episodes on our Patreon. We are indeed. Thank you for the reminder, Chris. Yes, five bucks you can uh, go listen to them all. We're doing releasing every fortnight, every off one for Buffy. Uh, and as of last week, I've started ranking the Angel episodes. Yes. And I will not forget because there is now a spreadsheet. Yes. Uh, I'm... I think I have to have, have this number one. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's some major flaws, but I think it is probably the best Angel episode it's, so far. you know, I think it's definitely coming... It's coming along now. The show is coming along. It's moving now. Yeah. 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 Buffy helps. Buffy does help, yeah. Um, Chris, tell us where we can yeah. find you. Uh, I can marry people. I'm a celebrant here in Australia. ChrisCeremonies.com. Uh, let me know if you're interested. I'll, I'll, I'll sort you out. Good. Yeah. Great. We're good fun. Mabel. Um, yeah, I've got another podcast, Sex Ed and Chill, um, where we're doing currently the Netflix show Sex Education. Um, but we'll do some other stuff as well. So, yeah, Sex Ed and Chill. Nice. And all the things. Nice. I'm not quite ready to share my website yet, so I'll wait till next time. But mm-hmm. uh, you can find me. Oh, you can find us, sorry, at Buffy Strayer dot, uh, on all the things, the, the major things. And send us an yeah. email, send, uh, join our Patreon, send us a voice message on Anchor. Uh, yeah. Join yeah. us. Wonderful. Awesome. Thanks for well, the Thanks, guys. Us. Thanks. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.